Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Um, as I was uh, preparing this week... I was first looking at uh, the death of Abraham, thinking I would go ahead and deal with that, but um, I felt like maybe it would be good to save that and talk about it whenever we talk about the transition there where there's the birth of um, Jacob and Esau. So we'll hold off on that till we return to Genesis and uh, we pick up with a series on the life of uh, Jacob. So tonight we're going to begin with 1 Timothy. I'm still turning there myself. My mind has been elsewhere. First Timothy, um, chapter one, and uh, Timothy. Well, why are we why are we coming to First Timothy? Timothy um, was a young pastor. Uh, Paul tells him, you know, let no one despise you for your youthfulness and. Uh, um, I think that uh, it's helpful uh, for churches to, to listen to Paul's words to Timothy. For me, as a pastor, uh, to know and to be reminded of what is my job as a pastor. And for a congregation to hear these words, uh, to, to know what to expect out of a pastor, uh, out of uh, a faithful ministry. And so uh, I think that's one reason we would come to a book like 1 Timothy. Um, Timothy, if you remember, he had been somebody who had uh, traveled with Paul. He'd come along with Paul, and Paul would often send him on on different missions for different things. Um, Timothy was converted as Paul went through one of the one of the towns on one of his missionary journeys uh, before he um, had traveled with Paul. So so Paul, T- Timothy and Paul really had a close relationship there. Paul had actually been the one to preach the gospel to Timothy uh, whenever he believed. So let's take a look at our, our text beginning in verse one, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our savior and of Christ Jesus, our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and and Christ Jesus, our Lord. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promotes speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things which about which they make confident assertions. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. 
Feed us tonight on your word. Lord, help us um, to be faithful readers and interpreters of your word. Lord, that we might not be distracted by foolish controversies and meaningless talk. But Lord, that we would focus on the gospel and the main thing of what the Bible is all about. Lord, we love you. Give me strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. The letter is from Paul. He identifies himself at the beginning. He says he's an apostle of Jesus Christ, which we know that. That's unsurprising. But let's be reminded of what that means. Uh, an apostle, he, he, this was a, an official office, um, which Jesus had 12 apostles that um, he had commissioned during his earthly ministry. Uh, we know uh, the 12 disciples. He later called the apostles. And we know that Judas um, had betrayed Jesus and he was replaced there um, in the early church there after, uh, while they were waiting for Pentecost. But also, Paul was also called to be an apostle. What it means to be an apostle is one who was commissioned directly by Jesus. Um, and so when we hear these words, these words spoken by an apostle of Jesus Christ, uh, we remember, we take these with the um, force as if Jesus was speaking them to us himself. When, when an apostle speaks, we know he speaks on the authority of Jesus. So when, when Paul speaks here, Jesus speaks. An apostle of Jesus by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. Two factors here. Uh, first of all, um, Paul didn't sign up for this. In fact, we know Paul, um, he, he wanted the exact opposite of that. Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was on the way to Damascus to destroy Christians whenever Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and changed his life. It was by God's command. God was the one who made Paul an apostle. He didn't foist this position on himself, which is a contrast to what he says about the false teachers later on in the verse. Later on in, the, in these verses, he says that these false teachers are desiring to be teachers of the law. But Paul says about himself, God made me an apostle. And as he speaks of God and of Jesus, he... he, he adds a couple of descriptors to these. He says, God, our Savior. God, a lot of things can be said about God. God is righteous. He is our judge. He is our creator. But here Paul reminds us that He is our Savior. We were in need of being rescued. We were lost. We were broken. We were drowning. We were sinking deep in sin. But the master of the sea heard our despairing cry and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Amen? Amen. God is our Savior. He rescued us when we were lost without hope. And of Christ Jesus, our hope. Whenever it says that God is our Savior, I think maybe Paul had a, a past 
tense item in, well, maybe not past tense, but he's thinking of the fact that, that God has saved him from what he was, and he is the one who, who will save him from the wrath that is to come. And also, Jesus is our hope. He's the one we're looking forward to. Jesus will one day split the sky again. He'll come with the clouds, and every eye will see him when the trumpet sounds. Amen. He is our hope. He's what we look forward to. When we live in this broken world with many struggles and pains, with many uh, different difficulties we go, what is our hope as we go through all of those things? It's the fact that Jesus, He is our hope. We look forward to the fact that He will one day come, He'll set all things right, and He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There is no friend like the lowly Jesus that we sing about. Paul then says to Timothy, my true child in the faith, I referred to this earlier. Paul was going around on his, one of his missionary journeys whenever he came to the town that Timothy lived in and Timothy was converted under Paul's preaching. And so Paul could say Timothy was his own true child in the faith. That it was under his own preaching, uh, it, was, it was through the descent of his preaching that, that Timothy was converted. Uh, Paul and Timothy had a discipleship relationship. Paul was the mentor and Timothy was the mentee. He was the, a true child in the faith. Um, while this is a historical fact as we see it here in this text, I think it's also something that we should emulate, something that we should copy. Every Christian should have a Paul for them, for them at least us younger ones. We should have a Paul. We should have someone we look forward, look, look up to who's training us up, who's, who's uh, teaching us someone we look up to when we don't know the answer and none of us can say we know the answer. We've got to have somebody we can go to. Someone needs to be our Paul. And we need to also have somebody who's our Timothy. Someone who we're training up to be able to replace us because we're not going to live here forever. Someone who's, who's a, a, a Timothy for us that we can raise up who can be a co-laborer with us like Paul and Timothy. Tim, Paul wasn't off the scene. He hadn't died. But now Paul had raised up Timothy so that he was doing the work on his own there in Ephesus. Verse 2, the second half, it says, To Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. It would be easy, again, like often, to, be, to just dismiss these greetings as just, you know, something you just get past. But let's linger on the greeting. What does Paul wish for Timothy? Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father. Grace is a gift. It is what we don't deserve that God gives us. We... It is uh, salvation. We don't deserve to be saved. God has saved us. Mercy. It's when we don't get what we deserve. The opposite, in a way, from grace. Well, the same thing, and yet formulated, uh, des described in a different way. Grace is when we do get what we don't deserve, 
And mercy is when we don't get what we do deserve. We all deserve God's wrath. We all deserve punishment. We deserve death and hell. And we receive mercy and peace. We once were at enmity with God. We once were hostile in mind to God. We once were His enemies, and Jesus, through His death and resurrection, has reconciled us to God. We can now be friends with God. We are sons and daughters of God. We have peace with God because of the work of Jesus Christ. And in this greeting, Paul points points out these three things. Grace, we've been given so much. Mercy, we have not received what we deserve. And peace. We have peace with God. Now we'll move into the actual text of uh, the, the book, not just the greeting here. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. At this point, uh, at some point, Paul and Timothy were both together in, a, in Macedonia. That would be um, northern Greece today. It doesn't give us a city name or anything like that. They were both together together wherever they were. Actually, I guess it would have been in Ephesus. They were in Ephesus. And um, Paul told Timothy that he was to stay there while he moved on to a new ministry. And the purpose of this charge, Paul tells Timothy, was that he would command... Certain persons, there were these, this group of people, not to teach any different doctrine. See, Paul, he was concerned about doctrine. He wanted, because we are saved by the gospel and no other gospel. There were, there were many people who were distorting the Gospels. We read, we read uh, about that in Galatians and how, how people were trying to add things and make a Jesus plus type, type Gospel um, where you had to both uh, trust in Jesus and follow the Jewish law. What Paul was saying to Timothy was he was to stay there in Ephesus and make sure that didn't happen there. He was there, his purpose there was to confront people. You know, sometimes that is the task of a pastor. That's not a pleasant thing. It's not something we enjoy doing. But if we're not willing to confront people in error, we shouldn't be pastors. Paul's command to Timothy was that he would command charge certain people not to teach any different doctrine. They were to stick with what Jude calls the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Doctrine is important. They were not to teach anything different from what Paul had delivered himself. And then verse 4 goes on, not to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculation rather than the stewardship of from God, which is by faith. Um, what could be common, both back then and now, is to get distracted by different things. 
Paul here was talking about people who were devoting themselves to myths and endless genealogies. I've got in my office a book, uh, a, a copy of what's called the Book of Enoch. And the Book of Enoch, uh, you, we know who Enoch was from the Old Testament. He's, he's talked about in um, Genesis chapter 5 in the genealogy of, of, uh, from Adam that goes down to Noah. And we were told some strange things about Enoch. Enoch lived to be so many years old, and he was not, for God took him. And so during the Old Testament times, and during, during the times before Christ, um, the rabbis came up with all kinds of speculations about what must have happened. And so I've got in my office a, a, a copy of the book of Enoch, this speculation about this person in the genealogy. And all we know, we don't know much about him. All we know is that he was Lamech's father, Noah's grandfather, or Methuselah's father, uh, Lamech's grandfather, and Noah's great-grandfather. That's all we know about him, other than the fact that God took him, and he was not. So you can imagine people just kind of coming up and wondering, oh, I wonder what this is all about. Coming up with all kinds of speculations about this. Paul here is telling Timothy not to get distracted by those things. Not to get distracted by speculations. And we've got our own speculations. Um, we can speculate about all kinds of things. And, um, you know, I don't get into speculating about the end times, about um, um, when Jesus is going to come back. I think it's enough to say He's coming back bodily, He's coming back in the clouds. He's coming back when the trumpet sounds. Um, he's literally bodily coming back and we need to be ready. Apart from that, you know, it's maybe dealing with speculations to get all wrapped up in all the different things. That's why there's been so many books written predicting a date and then he doesn't come on that date. That's speculation. It's meaningless speculation, which we need to stay away from. Um, another kind of speculation that's around is several years ago, a book came out called The Bible Code. Uh, and in The Bible Code, um, they basically took the text of, of uh, the Hebrew Bible and they ran it through a computer program and they found all these things that had happened in world history by, by running this through a computer program, and I would, just, I would just venture to say, you can probably do the same thing with a dictionary and come up with the same results. It's speculation. Could God do something like that? Well, I guess it's possible, but the plain meaning is there for us to read. God didn't intend to hide what He wants us to know. It's clear. It's here. We can read it. We've even got English translations. We've got so many English translations, I couldn't name them all. When, when we don't know all of what's in the Bible from its plain meaning, why do we need to spend our time looking into all kinds of speculations? Paul here warns Timothy to not allow 
teachers to teach any different doctrine other than the doctrine that Paul taught. He, he warned them not to allow them to, to teach myths and endless genealogies and not to speculate about things, but to stick to the main thing. You know, you've heard the saying, keep the main thing the main thing. That statement, I, I looked it up beforehand and that statement was made by a Mormon, but you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? <laughs> We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is the Gospel. The main thing is the plain meaning of the text. The main thing is that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Amen. And whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, Paul here was telling Timothy he's got to charge certain people not to teach any different doctrine, and that's confronting people. And you know, we don't feel very comfortable sometimes with confronting people. Confronting people is no fun thing. But Paul reminds us the aim of this charge is love. Paul is telling Timothy he's to... to Keep people from teaching these different doctrines, not because he's cranky, not because he's prideful and or or jealous. He's he's wants people not to teach any other doctrine because he loves them, and he wants the people to love that issue and to have love for one another that issues from a pure heart. Where does our love for one another come from? It comes from a pure heart that's been washed by the blood of Jesus. We have the ability to love one another because our hearts have been cleansed. We've been washed clean. We've been forgiven of our sins. A good conscience. I started listening to a book here recently about a conscience. Uh, you know, we, we have a conscience that accuses us sometimes when we do wrong. And sometimes that's the right thing. But we also can remember that our conscience is also cleansed whenever we trust in Jesus. He, we don't have to any longer struggle with guilt. We no longer have to hold that heavy burden. But we can know I stand forgiven at the cross. And we have a clear conscience and a sincere faith. That is what produces love. A clean conscience, a, 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 a um, pure heart that's been cleansed by Jesus and a sincere faith. And not just any faith. You know, a lot of people can be sincere. You can be sincere, sincerely devil-worshipping, you know. <laughs> you can be sincerely idol-worshipping. But I think what Paul has in mind is sincerely holding the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, the gospel. Verse 6, Paul warns Timothy that these false teachers have already crept in. They're already there. And when we look around and we see false teachers today, it isn't anything new. They were around during Paul's time. Certain persons, by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussions. What have they swerved from? They've swerved from the message of the Gospel. 
They've swerved from the message of having a pure heart that's been cleansed by Jesus. They've swerved from the message of having a good conscience. They've swerved from the message, uh, from, from the sincere faith that's been handed down by Paul. They've swerved from these into vain discussions. They've been distracted. They're not keeping the main thing the main thing. They're talking about vain things. They're talking about speculations like we talked about before. Verse 7, they desire to be teachers. I think here we see a sense of pride here. They want, to be, they want people to look at them. And oh, how common that can be today. With Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and all the different kinds of media where people can get on and just build up a big following of people and consider themselves a teacher of the law without having any understanding of it, what they're even saying. And they're confident about it. They're confident about it. So, I'm going to end with that verse. Let's step back for just a, a consider to consider some application here. A pastor, like Timothy was, and like I'm a pastor, needs to be someone who's willing and able to confront false teachers. Um, for me, as I apply this, I need to remember then I need to be able to do that. And for you, there, there, you need to know that that's the kind of standard you need to hold your pastor to. The members here are my family. We've got a, and, and the visitors are my family too. <laughs> but not everybody, I'm not everybody in this room's pastor. Um, for your own pastor, remember, Part of his charge, part of what God has called him to do is sometimes to confront people, to do so in love. But it is part of the job. Second, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. We don't need to be distracted by all kinds of speculations, but we need to keep, be centered around the gospel that saves. We can, you know, it, it is, it is, Are, are, are conversations about certain topics helpful sometimes? Like, uh, let's just consider the evolution debate. Uh, it's helpful for us to consider and to think about, uh, from a Christian perspective, what we believe about that. But let me think about, let me challenge here. What about when we're in an evangelistic conversation? When we come up to a total stranger and we start talking about the gospel, is what we want to bring up the age of the earth or evolution? I don't think so. I think we want to go straight to Jesus. We want to keep the main thing the main thing. If we come up to some total stranger and start talking to him about that, about the uh, evolution debate, they're probably going to just think we're crazy and brush us off. But you know, when we come up to somebody and we say, you know, this world is broken. You can tell it. You can tell it from your own life. I know you know that the world is broken. There's things you do that you don't even know why you do them. 
And there's things that just ought not to be this way. But you know what? God made a solution for that. He sent His Son Jesus. And one day everything will be made right. That's what we need to make the, the main thing. So it helps in our evangelism. Know what we're... No, not just... We don't need to be ready for every single kind of question that everybody has. Be, be ready for the main question. Be ready for the main question. And then... I just want to remind us of also of uh, the end of verse 5. Love, the, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. That's what we need. We need to be reminded that Jesus has died for our sins, that He's cleansed our conscience, that He has washed us clean, And that by trusting in Him, we have life eternal. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.